welcome to episode 43 of the Knit British podcast. Knit British loves to support wool that's been grown, spun or dyed in the UK and on this journey, exploring all the connections of Britishness in wool and knitting, I am your host, Louise Scully. I am a little bit Shetland Wool Week jet lagged, but I am back and happy to be here with another episode of the podcast. It's going to be a little bit more laid back today, but let's have a good old catch up. So grab a drink. Mine is decaf tea because it's been one of those days. Grab a whip and let's get going. Knit British is delighted to be sponsored by Brit Yarn. Brit Yarn gathers the very best in British wool and brings it all into one place. Click on the logo in the show notes or visit www.brityarn.co.uk and check out the new yarns in stock this month, including West Yorkshire Spinner's new illustrious DK and two new natural shades of chunky Chilla Valley alpaca and Shetland lamb's wool. Good evening or good morning or good afternoon, (laughs) wherever you are and whatever time you're listening to this. I hope you're well. Come on in and and grab a seat. It's lovely to be back. In some ways, I feel like I haven't been away uh, for reasons which will become clear later on. And in other ways, it feels like such a long time. I think that that's possibly because I podcast every week in September and now we're slinking back into the normal schedule yeah it feels it feels like a long time how you doing you look the same you look as good as ever it's it's autumn now full and proper it is autumn it's a very short season especially in scotland (laughs) Uh, but don't we just half love the fact that the nights are getting a little bit darker it's a little bit colder and we can wear all the wool (laughs) all the wool things and cast on all the things and I think I'll leave my casting on all the things recommendations for next time Uh, but I have been very swayed by many a pattern appearing in my Ravelry recommended list this week my goodness just this week particularly it's crazy that Carrie Westerman she's got one out Amanda Collins she's got a fantastic collection I it's incredible and um, there are lots of things that I want to knit but this week I've been I've been a bit kind of chillaxy with the whole whole knitting Shetland Wool Week was from the 26th of September until the 4th of October and I was so busy that I hardly knit a stitch although I did manage to turn the heel on my Josie socks by Claire Devine and then rip it back because I realised I'd made a mistake. But still, it's progress people, it's sock progress and you don't hear that very often from me. Not a heck of a lot of time for knitting. Thankfully, the things that I have had with me that I have been knitting have been meditative stocking stitch or garter stitch I'll talk a little bit more about that but that later on um, but yeah nothing of of substance in terms of garments or or, or whips uh, apart from the fact that I want to cast on all the fantastic things 
So what I do have in store for you this week, I don't have any show notes, <laughs> show notes, <sighs> the notes that I write for myself to sort of mould the episode, I haven't written any. Uh, so uh, um, just sit back with a cup of tea or your chosen beverage and I'll tell you all about what I've been getting up to. And um, wow, what what a time it was. Now, anybody listening, hello, anybody who's listening, but anybody who's listening who is at Shetland Will Week, big hi and hello to you and um, you will be able to testify at just what a truly unique event this is. As I said it ran from the 26th of September to the 4th of October and I'm gonna say what I say every year that this year Shetland Wool Week was the best year yet and it really was. <laughs> um, there were well I think in um, my Shetland Week preview, I think I counted that there are probably about 180 events listed in the programme. So that gives you a little bit of an indication. Uh, nine days, 180 events. And I don't know how many how many people, but it just it seemed like there were more visitors to Shetland this year and more local people attending um, events too. I was recording for Will Week and you can listen to my mini podcasts. There's not much of me in them because I, I feel that it was it should be more about what how people were experiencing Will Week and um their their stories of the week and the events. So they're about five minutes each and there's one for every day of Shetland Wool Week and you can find it by going to shetlandwoolweek.com forward slash blog. Um, I did uh, 10 podcasts in nine days and I feel pretty bloody epic actually. I loved it. I loved talking to people and I loved putting these podcasts together and I think I, I, think I didn't appreciate how much there would be to do but in the, at the same time I just loved every minute of it really I was going to uh, you know going to the different events the different uh, places that people were going to be during Wool Week and speaking to people and recording and sometimes forgetting to record because we were getting into really good <laughs> chats about other things and then going home in the evening and spending a couple of hours editing it together and putting it out that day so that every day, apart from the last day because I did two podcasts on the last day, one went out on the last day of Wool Week and then the next one went out the next day which was a bit of a roundup one. So you know what, I feel, I feel epic, I feel like an epic podcaster <laughs> and it was it was just incredible. So from that point of view, that was very different part of a week for me this year was was that and that every other year that I've been to a week, uh, I've lived in Shetland and you know the jobs that I had sort of dictated the hours and the time that I could go to a week events. This year, I sort of had a had more carte blanche and I could just be anywhere and talk to anyone and it was really special. So let me tell you a little bit about the week. On Saturday I went, made my way to the hub which is the social area for Shetland Wool Week and in previous years it was at the Shetland Museum and Archives and this year it was at Islesborough Community Centre which Community Centre sounds like 
you know, a, a 1980s breeze block building in the middle of a council estate? No. <laughs> this is quite a grand building that used to be a school. Um, I think it was built in 1902 or 1900. And... It was a fantastic area for the hub of Woolweek. There was an information desk and there was a, a really decent-sized breakout area with seating, which was very sociable. And, uh, you know, it's always like that. There's always a, a nice sociable um, seating area in, in Islesborough that's, that's sort of ready. <laughs> and they had a little tea room. There was free tea and coffee. It was such brilliant place to have the hub there was a real community feel there and people were just coming in sitting down knitting saying hello and getting stuck in there was no worrying about introducing yourself there was no really any kind of social anxiety or or anything like that because the the events in the area and people just didn't lend itself to that at all um so that was lovely and i spent uh, the first day there was only a few classes um you know the saturday and sunday it was just like sort of breaking people in gently in terms of classes but there was lots of people arriving lots of people uh, going for their goodie bags this year's shetland wool week bag was designed by the fantastic felix ford and it is a shetland sheep wearing a babble hat which is the official pattern of shetland wool week and the babble hat is really the only way how, uh, that Shetland Wool Week uh, people could recognise one another this year because the weather was unseasonably warm. And I kept hearing people say, it's too warm for jumpers. And people were coming into the hub and they were stripping off their jackets and their you know oilskins and their hats and their scarves and their special knitted woolen items that they'd made especially for Wool Week. Everyone was you know in short sleeves and... <laughs> <laughs> um, but most people persevered with the bobble hats, so that was really, really the only way that we could uh, tell one another apart. <laughs> so the Saturday and the Sunday was was very much about um, just just chilling and sort of breaking people in gently. Uh, there were some classes that was going on. I met um, went to Jimison and Smith on Saturday uh, just as Hazel Tyndall's steaking class was finishing and everyone was so buoyed by the fact that they could steak now and it was, you know, really fearless as I like, said in a couple of episodes ago when I reviewed Hazel's DVD she's got such a no-nonsense approach to things like steaking and that just immediately sets you at your ease so there was a whole group of people who had steaked for the first time and had been um, buoyed, armed with a new technique or a new skill, which is really Shetland Wool Week all over. I spoke to so many people who just came to Wool Week and wanted to learn something new and so booked classes that were all new to them, including um, the fantastic Emily Williams, who you may know as Flutter by Knits. She designed the Hap cardigan, amongst other fantastic items. And she had that approach to booking booking classes and she did all the really um you know she did a, did a lot of things that were just completely new to her like coil basket making and book binding and used Shetland Wool Week as an excuse to do all those really fun things that she might never have the opportunity to do again and lots of people had the same idea as well on that first weekend there was the opening ceremony or open, the opening reception on opening ceremony makes sound a wee bit like the Olympics but in some ways it was entertainment value wise <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it so much it was in um, the 
uh, Balls Hall, which had been converted into the most fantastic Uh, venue with tables and candles and stage and a bar and it was all quite glitzy and glamorous and uh, actually I think very many of the elements of it could have spilled over into their own events because there were there was really illuminating Q&A's and panels. Uh, One panel had Ronnie Jönsson who is an organic Shetland sheep farmer and part of the Shetland Organics group uh, Oliver Henry from the Shetland Wool Brokers and uh, Gary Jimison, who listeners of this podcast will have heard in episode 30 from Jimison's of Shetland. And the questions that were forthcoming uh, were really amazing and people wanted to know what makes a good Shetland sheep, what makes a fantastic example of the breed. And wh- I asked what, what was um, their favourite um, characteristics of Shetland wool. I said mine mine was that Shetland wool has such longevity and that it gets better with with time. And um, it was really funny because Gary said um, it's the soft hardness of the wool, which is a total oxymoron. But at the same time, anybody who, who knows Shetland fleece or Shetland wool will s- totally get that, um, that it's um, a, such a soft handle, but it really is a hardy, hardy wool and it does have that longevity and it does have um, a lifetime far beyond um, any other wool I think any other yarn that's my personal opinion biased as it is uh, that that could have been you know an evening on its own just having panel like that and having questions and I think that it, it what it does is opens up a dialogue between people and industry and um, you know you you never know what important things might come out of that. Uh, Another panel had Donna Smith who is Shetland Wool Week patron, uh, Hazel Tyndall, Elizabeth Johnson and Neela Kalra who is the designer who designed the outfits for the Hjalti Bonhoga fiddlers that performed at the Royal Military Tattoo this past two years. Um, And that was really interesting. Their questions about their particular crafts and their place in Shetland textiles. And um, it was incredibly funny because somebody had asked, uh, how old were you when you started knitting? And Donna and Hazel and Elizabeth all pretty much said they couldn't remember. They could just remember knitting. And when it came to Neela, they said, how, how old were you when you started knitting? And she said 52. And she's just really only started hand knitting. You know, she she can she designed fantastic machine knit items, but she's not a hand knitter. And that was incredibly interesting, I thought, because you kind of forget in a way that um, not everybody knits. <laughs> well, especially people who are in the knitwear industry, I guess. Um, but it was it was fascinating because she had the shawl with her that was just a, a, a knitted shawl, triangular shape with a crocheted edging. And she said, had said how lots of different people had added their expertise and a, a row or a stitch here or there to that shawl. And I thought that was I thought that was incredibly meaningful, and I think that that's something that she should be proud of. That it's her first knitted item, and so many people have been willing to share and pass on their knowledge, which again is another huge core value of Shetland Wool Week, I think. And um, so the that was 
that was brilliant and there was music and there were more talks and the organisers Misha Hay and Selena Miller gave gave a, a, a talk and Donna gave a, a short presentation and cut the traditional Shetland Woolwick Fair Isle cake, which of there was two this year. One was a Fair Isle cake and one was a cake with a babble hat and balls of wool on it and icing. It was incredible. The Great British British Bake Off had nothing on Shetland Wool Week. Uh, and then the last... <laughs> the last item of the evening was a, a Nitsonic sound collaboration with the entire audience. And I ended up doing a comedy turn with, with Felix uh, at this event, uh, which started on the Sunday morning with a text from Felix saying, basically, are you, you up for a laugh? <laughs> you you want to you try this thing with me? And I was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> Not, you know, it doesn't matter what Felix, if Felix has got an idea and it's, it's going to be a good laugh, then you'd be foolish, foolish to to knock her back so I was like yeah fine whatever like yeah let's do it and so the whole premise of uh, of of what we did was was put together during a couple hours on Sunday afternoon and then the final script was uh, hastily written in the corner of the opening reception venue while everyone was sort of filing in <laughs> uh, so the ink really was wet <laughs> <laughs> on the script. I don't really want to tell you too much about it because uh, Felix is is gonna is gonna have a fantastic episode of the podcast for you of her podcast for you. But basically, the 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 premise was that wouldn't it be fantastic if knitting got the same enthusiasm in the media as sport? And uh, you know, it's something that as a nation we could get excited about, and then that. The same enthusiasm and verve that there is for sport would be palpable uh, as it would be for knitting. And um, so we were the knitting pundits and we did a little sketch <laughs> um, commenting on a knitter in the knitting wool cup. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you any more than that because um, uh, I don't want to spell spell the fun, but it was it was hilarious and it was very well received and it led into a fantastic sound collaboration with the audience. It was so good and we sort of decided then and there that that is not the last you're going to see of the knitting pundits. Um, but it was it was fantastic and it was so good that everybody... Because I said to Felix, sort of halfway through our sort of brainstorming session on it, you know what, if nobody else laughs at this, at least we've had the best fun putting it together because <laughs> we laughed so much doing it. It was incredible. It was such fun. Um, watch out on the, for the Knitsonic podcast for, for more about the knitting pundits but uh th yeah that was it that was a good way to ring in Shetland Wool Week and something completely different for Shetland Wool Week as well so that was that was the sort of opening weekend and the rest of the week was filled with classes and tours and open studios and talks and teas <laughs> there was tea um but it was it was incredible and my some of my personal standout moments were my spinning class on the Monday where I learned to spin on a spinning 
wheel. And I I was I looked forward to that so much, so much. And I did sort of worry going into it that maybe another craft was going to be coming into the house, i.e. another craft implement, i.e. I'm going to have to buy a wheel. But thankfully, um, I'm not quite there yet. I Because I can drop spindle, I had the plying down, that was fine. I could do that no problem. It was just getting the rhythm with the treadling. So I think I'll probably take a few more classes and, and try it a bit more. But I was definitely chuffed with the results of that definitely it was incredible I only found out afterwards but the the woman who was sitting to my left with a incredibly squeaky squeaky wheel um <laughs> was uh beast chops um I knew her as Sarah but it was only afterwards that she said in the in the knit British Ravelry group that she had been enjoying the the spinning so that was beast chops and it's really nice to have sort of met you but not met you in, in that kind of way and also in that class was Charlotte Bilby and I was it was lovely to meet you and I eventually met your mum as well and it's lovely to meet people um, that I know via Twitter or via Ravelry and or via the podcast so and I met lots of people at Woo Week. Some of the other standout moments for me, uh, well, the talk on Monday evening by Ella Gordon and Kate Davies on collecting vintage knitwear. That was that was really fascinating actually to see the collections of these two women who have <laughs> incredible eBay skills and charge shop find skills uh, to get some really amazing knitwear and there were some from I think I think Ella's sort of oldest one was 1920s just an incredible insight into collecting and there was um, samples uh, to have a look at and it was really incredible because they also made the talk available via the internet and I believe you can still view it if you go to www.shetland.org forward slash 60n and then find tv3 then you can uh, buy it and watch it online for four pounds and it's really worth that it's fantastic uh, quality and you get to capture your own little part of Shetland Wool Week as well some of the other events that I really enjoyed, a lot of it just just going to places like Shetland Museum, the Textile Museum, um, and just absorbing the different exhibitions and sort of things that were going on there. But I, on Tuesday, I went to the sorting and grading demonstration at Shetland Wool Brokers by Oliver Henry, and that was the best hour, I think, of my whole wool week. It was a free talk. Uh, there were people who had gone more than once. I'm not looking at you, Mel, a recipe for yarn. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's really, it's a fascinating insight. And I've probably said that a million times in this podcast. Uh, but it really is a fascinating insight into Shetland wool. And Oliver Henry is the wool man of... of Jimson and Smith and has been doing the job for a great number of years and has seen Shetland Wool go through such changes in that time and 
um, he, you know, you're standing in the wool store and he's sort of deftly showing you all the different grades of Shetland fleece and, and what makes a fine Shetland fleece and, and what makes a super fine Shetland fleece and, and talks to you about those kind of things. But he's such an authority on the heritage of Shetland wool and the Shetland wool broker, broker's place in that and also how we need to secure a future for Shetland wool. Shetland is not in the British Wool Marketing Board. Shetland markets its own wool and so it's it's really important to highlight and to to, sh- to shine a very big light on on Shetland breed wool and Shetland wool from Shetland. It was so interesting and I do think that Shetland Wool Week seeks to connect you with all the stages of production from uh, you know of wool and knitting from the sheep to the brokers to d- to the mill, to the yarn, to the designers, to the garments, etc, etc. But this is something that you shouldn't miss, a thought you shouldn't miss. And I think there is a reason, good reason why people went more than once. Uh, Of course, my favourite event, I think, uh, was the Stitches from the Stacks event at Shetland Library. And I just... Well, I don't have enough good things to say about Shetland Library and it was a delight to be there... Uh, sort of helping them out but also in in capacity as a, as a podcaster because I got to meet listeners there and um, and got to speak to some of the friends that I made over Wool Week but um, it was it was brilliant there was between 70 and 80 people in the library and uh, there's never been so much noise in the library of happy chattering and pouring over knitting books and happily eaten home bakes and uh, cups of tea and coffee and it was it was really lovely and I got to have a better chat with Linda Thompson and Lee who is Lou Lee who is um, a podcaster and also uh, Lou Lee Bags on Etsy and it was really good to have a proper chat with them. Linda brought her Hap Along Hap and Lee had started knitting hap. She said she was a bit late for the hap along, but she'd been inspired by it and she wanted to start a Shetland project in Shetland. Um, so that was really good and it was it was just a lovely event and I had, we had so, so many compliments on it and I think that it will have to, to carry on and become an annual thing because it was just such a lot of fun and everyone really really enjoyed themselves I've mentioned some of the the names um and you know how bad I am with names (laughs) so I would like to say that if we met at Wool Week I'd just like to say hello to absolutely everybody that I met during Wool Week everybody it was an absolute pleasure to meet you and it's just that I suck at names but I would really like to say a special hello to Mel, who is a recipe for yarn. Uh, Nadine, who from Germany, uh, who actually has been on Knit British before. Uh, maybe not uh, talking, but she wrote in and told us about her knit local, Fox Coburg sheep and the Pomeranian coarse wool. Um, and it was fantastic to meet her, uh, a real pleasure. Carrie and her amazing half Hansel. And Ruth Hawkin, who brought me her tour de fleece skein of hand-spun cheviot as a gift. Thank you so much. Uh, B, who is Toxic Tea, and Emily, who I mentioned, Flutterby Knits. Joanna Moat, Wee Joe, it was lovely to see you. Jenny Irvin, who I've been following on Twitter for a long time and um, 
who's um, I know from Ravelry, she came along and had her scully on. She was in the hub and I missed missed her, but thankfully I caught up with her on the last day. So that was tremendous to, to meet her. It was really good to meet Marika, who I, and I assisted her as she wore her cockatoo bray. I took a picture of her next to the cockatoo bray sign <laughs> uh, she'd come to Shetland all the way from South Africa and it was fantastic to meet you Marika uh, Laritza who's York set who has, is a long time listener of the podcast she was there with three friends or maybe four friends I apologise if I've got that, that wrong and they came to Shetland um, before Shetland Wool Week and they stayed for, stayed for a while afterwards and just soaked up all that Chitland had to offer. And a lot of people did that this year. A lot of people came for a week beforehand, stayed for a little bit afterwards, explored a little bit more. It was fantastic. But it was it was lovely to meet you, Loritza. And um, Shetland Will Week certainly afforded us a lot of opportunities to meet people that we've been friends with for, for a long time or following for a long time or whose blogs we read or um, podcasts we listen to. And again, another person I got to meet but didn't spend too much time uh, with with Sally Antill, who is she spins yarns on Twitter, and who, if you read Wovember, you may have read her um, posts last year about the soft fell sheep, and it was great to see her. Although though briefly, we 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 saw each other at the flock book sale at the Marts, and we were choosing winners. Uh, in the sale ring <laughs> although to be fair Sally was choosing them on their size and their fleece and I was choosing them on the prettiness of their eyes um, but to be fair I picked three winners on the prettiness of their eyes let me just tell you so <laughs> there's something in it I'm pretty sure I'm ready for my next career now in the judging ring <laughs> but it, 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 really, it really was incredible and you know I do apologise if I haven't remembered your name or I've forgotten to mention, mention you there, but it was incredible to meet everybody that I met over those 10 days. And you can hear my voice that, uh, you know, I did a lot of talking. <laughs> I'm not quite fully recovered yet from from all the chatting that I did do. But it really is a fantastic event. And I do urge you, you know, if you've ever thought that you, you've wanted to visit Shetland and you've or you've wanted to, you know, visit Wool Week, then just do it. Just, you know, you, you have plenty of time. The, the dates are already published for next year. It's going to be the 24th of September to the 2nd of October 2016. And tickets go on sale around April. People you know, have already booked accommodation before they've, you know, even think about booking tickets. So I would say if you fancy it, you should definitely just go for it because truly, truly, and I do mean this from the bottom of my heart, there is no other festival like this. There is no other woolly event quite like this. And I was speaking to Selena, who is... um, the Wool Week coordinator, and and we were talking about it in terms of other wool events, which, you know, is really hard to do because Shetland Wool Week is so unique. And she said, you know, at other, at other wool events, it's here's a lot of wool you can buy and fantastic wool that you can you can you know squish and buy, and here are fantastic textiles you can buy, and here are workshops on the side. But Shetland Wool Week is all about 
all about the community and the sharing and the workshops and the classes and the events. And then also you can buy yarn. <laughs> uh, everybody knows Shetland's got yarn. So, you know, there's no there's no problem with it. You know, it's not going to sell out. It's there. It's just there. But the phenomenal thing are the people who come every year and the, the calibre of and high quality of the classes and the teachers and the variety of events that are available, that it really is nothing like it. And, you know, there's no pretension. As I said, you don't have to worry about coming alone or, you know, not knowing anybody there. Everybody just becomes like one big family and the connections that you make are are incredible and I feel that very strongly this year um maybe over more over other years in fact and and not only just the connections I made with other people but the connections and the ripples of wool week you know it's maybe totally a separate thing but this wool week when I when I went home to Shetland my mum and my best friend both decided that they wanted to try knitting. Now, my mum hasn't knit in about 30 years. She she never hand knit, she machine knitted. And my best friend, my oldest and dearest friend, for, for years, for years, <laughs> I've been bugging her, try this, Come, you can knit this, you can try this, you can do this. Come on, knit, knit, knit! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and she, and now she's like this will week she came along to the stitches on the stacks event she got out some books about learning to knit she bought some quality knitwear from uh, one of the knitwear factories and <laughs> it's just an amazing thing and will week is a totally wonderful thing and I do say every year that it just keeps on getting better and that it was the best year yet and I just know that it will keep on getting better because it's they've got a winning team behind it and everyone's come together so fantastically to create this very distinctive event and it draws people. It draws people from all over and it's a, it's a very special thing to be part of. So if you've ever thought for one second that you kind of fancy it, just book it. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about today is the breed swatch along. Just say wow. <laughs> like wow. You guys, thank you so much. What a response to the last podcast and to the posts about this swatch along and um, how you've just sort of grabbed it and gone, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try knitting with a single breed wool and I'm going to chart what it does and I'm going to test drive it and I mean, I know I love wool. I know you guys love wool, but it's what we discover through this. is It's just, it adds so much more to that knitting experience, doesn't it? The cast on was uh, October the 5th and there is no cast off as yet. Um, October the 5th coincided with the campaign for wool, wool week. And um, I suppose that was sort of in the back of my mind when I set the... The, the cast on date but it certainly wasn't a deciding factor but in some ways I think what we're doing with the swatch along is really important to to wool and and what we're, what we will discover through this swatch along is really going to be able to help people uh, to decide on Br- British breed wool it's going to help people 
figure out whether it's going to be a will for them. It's, you know, it, what comes out of this is a really important and valuable um, thing. Not only the information that we discover for ourselves, but what we can pass on to other people. And in some ways, I am a big fan of the campaign for wool and for wool week, but it's very fashion-led. There's a strong focus on fashion and maybe not quite as much of a focus on hand knitting as there could be. And like certainly hand knitting with breed-specific wool. And I'm not going to have a little rant about it or anything like that, but I just thought that it was really important to kind of use the hashtag not just for wool week last week when I was talking about the breed swatch long because it is wonderful that there is a focus on using wool in fashion but some of some of the focus wasn't even on British wool and I do think that it's British wool and local wool and our local wool industries that we really have to shout about and we really have to do our little bit to promote um, because I don't know maybe the campaign for wool isn't gonna do it. I don't know I just feel there's not much of a focus on hand knitting and all the fantasticness that there is in the world of British breed wool. Um, so I'll maybe just stop there before I go, go too far. It was awesome to see so many of you casting on last week and I have done lots of sharing of um, your Instagram pictures. Do remember to use the hashtag breedswatchalong on Instagram and Twitter. And to see you talking about it in the Knit British uh chat thread on Ravelry and how, I don't know, some people are um, pleasantly surprised that the wool that they've chosen has changed more to their liking than maybe what they thought of when they first picked it up. And that is what this is about. It is a journey of self-discovery. It is all about discovering how unique each single breed wool is and that fibre is and it is most definitely about thinking about what you want your wool to do. I hope that every single one of you out there knows by now not to go in a yarn shop and judge a ball on that hand squish grab of the first initial contact with that ball. I hope that by now, (laughs) after me banging on about it, you might start to wonder what could this ball of yarn become and as I say I've just been blown away by how much you're enjoying it and I'm really enjoying it too I have cast on of course went to Shetland left my breed specific yarn at home Um, but (laughs) I have cast on in a pure Suffolk um, Aran weight yarn which has come from Pembrokeshire it's doubly special because my mum picked it up for me when she was in Wales last year and I asked her to see if she could find me some local wool and this truly is a local wool because um, it only seems to be available from one shop and I've looked for it online since and can't find it um, but it was it did come from Jane's of Fishguard and it is very local to that area of Wales so my test drive so far, I'm I'm still knitting this swatch. I'm knitting a fairly big swatch, it's about 10 inches. And the wool category of Suffolk, as determined by the British Wool Marketing Board, is f- is a fine wool. It's got a very it's got a soft handle and it's it's sort of it's a creamy 
uh, color, and I, it's got a little bit of a uh, of a creaminess to to the yarn, to the yarn, but it is there's definite crunching in there. Um, the ply is very smooth and creamy, and it knits quite smoothly. And I, I'm enjoying the knitting of it. I have to say, I I did write a post um, a couple of weeks ago called "Assorted Thoughts on Swatching." I've spoken about how meditative I find knitting can be and how mindful. And in that post, I spoke about how it can be that way with, with swatching too. And there's nothing lovelier than just start a new ball of yarn, pick up a couple of needles and just start swatching. You know, not even thinking beforehand, what stitch am I going to use? Just knitting, just casting on and knitting. I think that's one of my favourite things about the swatch along as well and I mean some pe- some people have have been very thoughtful about what stitch they're going to use and that's in- that's incredible you know thinking about what stitch the yarn might best be suited to. Uh, Blythe Spirit who has already posted her swatch in the finished object thread in the Knit British group. Uh, she knitted a swatch that featured a bit of lace, a bit of cabling, a bit of rib and a bit of stockinette and it's it's lovely uh, and a bit of garter as well I think so um, that's lovely too you know trying different things in the one swatch but I just love casting on with that new yarn and thinking what am I going to find out what are we going to discover with this and it was really lovely that Kate uh, from a playful day took up the torch for swatching this wool week and wrote a fantastic blog over uh, on at loveknitting.com where she has a, a weekly spot and talked about swatching with real wool for wool week and I know that that got a lot of people interested in the breed swatch along and I must say a huge thanks to my podcasting Uh, chums, uh, lovely fantastic shiny bees and Sarah from Fibre Trek and Helen from Curious Handmade and of course Kate who've all mentioned the Breed Swatch Along on their recent shows and spread the good word about the Swatch Along so thank you so much you guys as more and more people are becoming interested in finding out what's in their own backyard and noticing that that's special and if more people put the MCN to one side, leave the cashmere just off to one side for a little while and find out what's in your local area or find out, just find go to your local yarn shop and ask them, what is the most local ball of yarn that you have in here that I can knit with? And just giving it a go. And it's a tremendous thing. Absolutely tremendous. Um, I was listening to to Sarah from Fibertrek this morning and she is going to be going to South Georgia um, soon and she thought that she might try and spin. I'm not sure if she's going to spin and knit or just knit with some Falkland um, merino on the way. And so her journey come, becomes a bit of a swatch along as well, which is really lovely. I know I'm overusing the word discovery, um, but it really is all about what what we find out and you know some of these yarns we might just think I am never going to use that again now Louise that really is itchy that really is scratchy you all (laughs) I know I always say there are better more constructive words than itchy and scratchy but god knows when are you going to come to me and you're going to say no 
that's more than rustic. That's downright coarse. <laughs> and that's fine. It's all about finding those things out. Do they stay the same? Is it, is it a rough yarn to begin with? Does it continue to be rough? Does it soften? What happens? If you felt it, what happens? It's, it's incredible. And again, I just want to say thank you so much for taking part, for spreading the word and for for casting on in this Breed Swatch Along. And I'm really looking forward to November. The Breed Swatch Along is coming to November and I do aim to post about this cal and share our findings so far. And this week, Felix, my November mucker, posted on the November website, a pre-Wovembering post, about all the ways in which you can get involved with Wovember. And if you're taking part in the Knit British Breed Swatch Along, then you're already there, you're already taking part. But there are lots of other ways that you can become involved. And let me just read to you uh, that checklist that she's got on the Wovember post. Wovember needs you. We are looking for comrades to join Team Wovember and for other voices to enrich the Wovember message. We would really like to encourage early submissions of material for this year's Wovember. If you like the idea of becoming part of our annual celebration of sheep and wool, please write an article for this year's Wovember 2015 celebrations. Source some photos for it and email it to wovember at gmail.com. We will feature all submissions of content that are in line with what Wovember is all about and we will contact you regarding joining the team for 2016 and beyond. If you're not sure where to start, then here are some suggestions. Undertake a Q&A with your favourite shepherd slash knitwear designer slash weaver slash wool merchant slash hand spinner slash anybody involved in wool. Shine a spotlight on a small producer of 100% wool products. Write about your experiences of knitting with wool from a particular sheep breed. Now, you guys, I'm looking at you. Review a film, a documentary or a book that relates to Wovember's key themes. Write about your woolly heroes and who has inspired you and how. Provide practical tips for working with wool, spinning, dyeing, knitting, weaving, etc. Write about your favourite sheep. Tell us about your favourite woolen garment. Now, that is something that I can get on board with here at Knit British because I have been doing some interviewing about um, meaningful garments and meaningful knits. So that's definitely something we'd like to see at November. Share a poem you've written about wool. Share a rant about incorrectly labelled clothing made of man-made fibres and marked as wool. Or any rant about wool. We like rants and roses. Uh, Tell us about the realities of running a sheep farm. Talk us through what it's like to be a small producer of yarn. But if you have any other idea for an article that celebrates sheep and 100% wool, uh, rants, praises, anything uh, that purports to be 100% wool and is in fact not, we want to hear about it. So you can send your articles once more. I'll give you the email address. It's wovember at gmail.com. That inbox gets checked frequently. Don't expect a reply right away. Um, So if you have an article in you or something that's burning within you that you want to write about wool, then please get in contact because we we would love your submissions and we would love to know if you're interested in becoming part of the team for 2016. Of course, talking about wool, 
as we tend to do here on the Knit British podcast, I must mention that I got a rather fantastic woolly package in the post from show sponsor Brit Yarn this week. I am going to be reviewing for you next time rather fantastic yarn. I've mentioned it on the podcast before when it went on the shelves. It is Chilla Valley Alpaca Yarns. 70% British Alpaca and 30% Shetland Lambs Wool. And it's a chunky weight. And it really is as soft as it sounds. It's actually like petting a small alpaca lamb. If such a thing existed, it's it's incredible. So I'm going to be talking about that next next time on the podcast and giving you a little preview of that. There's also a new yarn on the shelves at Brit Yarn. It is West Yorkshire Spinners Illustrious Double Knit, and I'll be talking about this uh, next time too. Uh, it is a seventy percent Falkland wool and a thirty percent British alpaca. So it's a British it's a British yarn and it's a double knit weight and it comes in a lovely big 100 gram ball and it's available in 12 different colours I believe. The kind of thing, just by squishing the ball, I think it's the kind of thing that you're going to want sort of nice autumn cardigans and winter accessories knit in. Um, so I'm looking forward to discovering a little bit more about that, exploring it and telling you more about it next time. Since the last podcast, the Brit Yarn mascot has got a name. Now, you might remember that there was a, a competition to name the Brit Yarn sheep over in the Brit Yarn Ravelry group. About a, a month ago, then, there was a, a, a sort of giveaway of a new Brit Yarn logo tote bag, canvas bag. And to be in with a chance of winning, you had to suggest names for the Brit Yarn Sheep. And there were a fantastic range of, of names. And Isla, I think, had a short list of about eight, which she uh, sent to the illustrator of the logo, Melly M. Clark, to pick a winner. And Melly M. says, I was delighted to be asked by the wonderful Brit Yarn to pick a name for the Sheep of the logo. I designed an after much deliberation and some great names on the shortlist. I can announce that the winning name is Ethel. And Ethel was suggested by Millie12, who is Jenny Irvin, who I mentioned before. And I think that's a fantastic name for a sheep, don't you? Ethel the sheep. And Ethel certainly came to Shetland with me and she was Jenny's bag in Shetland and I think I'll be interested to know where in the world Ethel gets to so if you've got a, a Brit Yarn bag then do go over to the uh, Brit Yarn Ravelry group and uh, let everyone know where in the world your Ethel went to. Don't forget this month is Socktober and Brit Yarn is hosting the fantastic GB, GB Socks Away Cal and this is a fantastic way to knit your first pair of socks and I'm doing it. I said before that I was doing a bit of meditative stockinette and I have been knitting the round round socks by Joy McMillan in the fantastic Brit Sock which happens to be Brit Yarn's Yarn of the Month. The Brit Sock is an incredible yarn. Custom spun for the Knitting Goddess 
and it's 40% Blueface Leicester, 20% uh, Wensleydale, 20% Alpaca and 20% Nylon. And because it's the Knitting Goddess, all of those things, if not grown in the UK, were sourced in the UK, the Nylon included. There is going to be a very slight change to the fantastic makeup of this yarn, which I'll talk a little bit more bit more next time when I will hopefully finish my sock and I can give you a review of the yarn. But it's going to contain 40% British Falkland Polwar, 20% uh, Wensleydale, 20% Alpaca and 20% Nylon. I'm loving knitting with it. It feels very smooshy. To, to knit with and it's it's got a great twist in it so it's a it's going to be a really hard wearing yarn and if you want to join in with the GB Socks Away head on over to the Brit Yarn Group in Ravelry and find out how to join in the only rules are that your yarn has to be grown in Britain if you um have access to that or local to you if you don't have access to British wool. You can use any old pattern that you like and um, it's such great encouragement um, to knit socks and there's a really good um, community over there at Brit Yarn. So check that out. And as I said, Brit Sock by the Knitting Goddess is the yarn of the month over at Brit Yarn. Isla has some of the multicolors in stock. It has been a very popular yarn this month, so there are only a few colors left in the multicolors. There are also some of the Brit Sock self-striping, which is fantastic if you're knitting afterthought heels. Uh, and there is a good range still in stock. Uh, so priced from £15.50 uh, to £21.50 for the self-striping. This is a phenomenal yarn and what better yarn to choose for your first ever special pair of socks? Who wouldn't love a whole drawer full of Brit Sock socks? <laughs> Wow, that is what happens when I don't have notes to build a show on. I just talk for hours. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for all of your comments and your Ravelry messages and your tweets and everything connected to the show that you get in touch with me about. I really appreciate it. I'll be back on the 30th of October or thereabouts with more of the same. But until then, take good care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British. And I'm on Ravelry as Lira.